Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, the uh, the creator, <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for, the creator of the Jumpstart course and the Women in Japan Mastermind. So that today we have a solo episode for you. We, I mean I, gosh, I really can't talk properly today. I have a solo episode for you. We're talking about, there we go again, I'm talking about um, live events. If you're considering perhaps creating your own um, this will be a great episode for you. And if you are thinking about maybe attending a live event for the first time, this is also a great episode for you. So if you're considering attending a live event um, and you're sort of wondering, oh, should I go or not? My answer would probably be yes. Like you cannot um, even sort of understand really exactly how powerful they can be if you've never been to one before and it's you know often it's not even just the content of the live event whatever it is that you're going to but often what blows your mind is the people that you'll meet there because events tend to attract people you know if it attracts is attracting you the chances are that you are going to meet just the perfect people that you need to meet that like there's a reason that you're all in the room together. And every time I go to a live event um, organized by someone else, I always meet fantastic people and come away with new, not only new connections, but new opportunities. And I also come away feeling um, refreshed. Also um, that I've taken the time out of my daily life to step into you know, just a different sort of zone for a while, uh, maybe focusing on me or focusing on learning something that helps me to get a lot of clarity um, about what I'm doing or to reassess things that you can't really do when you're still at home and you've got dishes piled up or, you know, kids demanding your attention or whatever it is, you know, your, your daily life takes quite a lot of your attention. So, um, getting out of that and going to an event, I just cannot stress it enough. And we have so many amazing events happening in Japan for women now. Um, you know, it was just not that long ago where it, there weren't really that many things, but now there are so many wonderful um, get-togethers. Um, so, I mean, like we've on this podcast, I've talked about um, the clothing, the clothes swap, the mega clothes swap that happens in Tokyo every sort of um, every quarter. That's run by Sarah Furia. And even though it's gone through a few changes recently, it's still happening. And they just had one last weekend as well. So there'll be another one in another in the next quarter. Also, um, up in Akita Prefecture, Gretchen up there is doing her amazing mindfulness retreats at the temple where she and her husband live and work. Like you just, that's just an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I know it's a long way to go and all of that, but it would be definitely worth it if you can get there. And I would have been at the last one, but it just happened to fall on the same weekend as I'd already planned to have my own <laughs> event. So I couldn't go because, um, and that was really um, quite frustrating because I've been wanting to go every time she's had it. And every time it's clashed with something that I've been doing. And now I'm leaving Japan and I won't get to go. So who knows? It's not completely off the cards. But yes, there's 
definitely loads and loads of things happening around Japan for women, and a lot of them are even in English, which is really awesome too. So, um, yeah, if you're thinking about going to a live event, definitely take that step, get the babysitters, get your partner on board for the kids, whatever it is you need to do to make it happen, make it happen. Commit to it and, you know, the funds and the time and things will come to you if that's what you want to do. All right, so let me just tell you a few things that um, I've been, you know, that I've learned over the last couple of years doing my own live events. So going back to almost or pretty much two years ago, I decided to have a um, a live event and it was going to be this amazing conference and we were going to have a hundred women come and we're going to have all these speakers and it was going to be like this sort of three day um, self, you know, development extravaganza and all of this. And it that was my, you know, that was my ego creating this thing that was actually mirroring what I was seeing, you know, other people doing around the world. I was just being a copycat, really. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't actually considering what was needed because um, what was needed was actually just a one-day event here in my town with the women who live around me. That was what was needed. And so that was what happened, actually. So um, I was most sort of, um, I was most uncomfortable that my vision and what was actually needed were quite different. And it took me a while to get over myself and realize that I needed to provide what was needed rather than what I thought everybody should, what I should create. So when I did that, um, people started to take notice and started to join and to come along. And so that my very first Inspire You in Yumoto. So it's kind of like a play on words, um, which kind of works in Japanese, but in English it might sound a bit funny. Anyway, the Inspire You event happened for the first time. And this is an event that I hold in Japanese. A lot of my coaching happens in English, um, but I can also coach in Japanese. And I've been training myself to do this in Japanese. And even though I can't do it perfectly, I still don't know words. I can't um, explain myself exactly. Um, I I ask my clients and my students to help me with the, what I can't explain, and somehow we get there. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, I did this event in Japanese. It was my very first event to do in Japanese, and it was fine. It worked out. Everyone had an amazing time, and they were amazed to have this kind of event happen in Fukushima, which you know it. They don't really have many things like that happening here. So, yeah, that was that. So that was the first time. That was two years ago. And last weekend was the fourth one that we've done. So I do them every sort of six months. And I had to put this one on a little bit more early than I was expecting because um, I'm leaving Japan and I won't be here when in December, which is when I usually hold I usually hold them in June and December. And so I put it on in, in October. I thought this is the sort of the latest I can possibly have it before we leave and make a decent sort of job of it. And yeah, so we had the last one last weekend. Now what happened shortly before the event was there was a massive typhoon that came through here. You may have heard me mentioning it in previous episodes um, and huge flooding in our city. Um, of course, my my home was fine and I wasn't affected by the flooding, but a huge chunk of our city was affected. And that means that there are just so many people who need help, which has meant that 
a few people dropped out of my event leading up to the, you know, in the last week or two before the event because they um, they felt that they couldn't take the time out of um, helping their relatives or friends to clean up their homes. And I think, you know, that's a fabulous reason to drop out of an event if you have to, <laughs> well, not have to, but if you um, want to help others, you know, to get their lives back on track again, and that's definitely a worthy reason to not come to my event. So um, we had a few fewer people than usual. Um, which was fine because actually I was up to my eyeballs and helping people find ways they could volunteer. Um, a lot of there's a lot of foreigners here in Iwaki who wanted to get out there and and help, but they just didn't know where to go or how to get involved. So I was quite busy helping people to you know connecting people with volunteering opportunities. And then I sort of realised, oh, it's my event next weekend, and I haven't really been pushing it so um or you know out there marketing it like I normally would but I actually felt that whatever was happening would be perfect and on the day we had I think it was 13 people came including me 14 there were 14 of us and that was just perfect for the room that we had and the you know just the size of the group was really good and it always is. Every time I always think, oh, I wish I had 20 people. I only had, you know, 18. Or I wish I had 50 people. I only had 24. That sort of thing. It's silly. You get what is good, perfect for you. <laughs> so this is the lesson I've learned, you know, every time. It's just to, is that the perfect number of people? The perfect people will come. If you push it too much, um, in the other direction, you will end up with people there who, who shouldn't be there and that can make for a, an uncomfortable event or an event that doesn't go so well because you haven't got the right people in the room. The right people will come um, if you do your part, but yeah, pushing it too much can make it go in the other direction, I feel. Um, so with events, so um, I've got my top five tips for creating a live event and this, you know, I guess you could take these um, five things and put them across other things as well that you might be doing in your business. But we'll talk about them in the in the format of live events today because I'd love to see more and more and more live events for women happening, especially for women, but you know, for anybody happening in Japan, that so we can get out and meet each other and see each other in in real life rather than just you know having these. Um, online relationships you know I know lots of wonderful people in Japan only online and that is wonderful as well but making these opportunities for people to get together in real life is so important so here's my top five tips uh, number one rinse and repeat so once you've done one you'll find that was probably the hardest and it takes a lot of work and effort to get that first event done getting the place sorted and and all of the messages um you know to get people to join um you know and then creating the actual event itself it's a lot of work so you would be very silly not to repeat yourself not to repeat it and that's all you have to do is and I don't mean you know necessarily repeating the content the content can be a little bit different of course but Maybe use the same venue. Maybe, you know, use the same kind of messaging and just change your images or whatever. Um, but definitely repeat the event because people who've already come will come again. You know, like if they really loved it and it was great, the first time they'll come again. And so you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time you have an event. Yeah. So have it at the same place. All of those things, the easy things that just make it so much easier to do and 
people who have already been once will find it familiar and they'll like that as well. So, you know, you know how it is going to something new for the first time and you're a little bit uncertain. But if you already have signed kind of an idea about how things go, then you're more likely to go again because you're like, I really enjoyed that last time. I wonder who I'm going to meet this time. I'm definitely going. So don't feel like you have to, um, you know, have a whole new location and things every single time. Definitely rinse and repeat. There's a lot to be gained from that. And, you know, you could do that in other aspects of your life and business as well, rinse and repeat. Very, very useful um, way to not have to overdo the, the effort every single time you want to do something. Um, that was me in a very ineloquent way <laughs> explaining rinse and repeat. Number two, let your audience tell you what they want. So, um, I think an, a big mistake that I made, and well, it wasn't really a mistake, but a big learning curve for me in the first time I did a live event was to plan hours and hours and hours of content that I was going to, you know, just throw at the people who were there. Like, we have to do this, we have to learn about this, and this person's going to talk about this, and that person's going to talk about that. And there was a lot of listening. Whereas when we got into the event, every step took way longer than I thought because everybody had wanted to talk but they wanted to talk with someone like in a a pair um, or in a small group about their thing and I realized that they didn't need me to talk at them all day long what they needed was um, just maybe like a, a topic or something to get them thinking and then they could go off on and talk to you know a new person who they'd never met before someone they had no history with and could have a really honest conversation with them because there's no history they felt like they could just open up and just talk freely whereas if it was perhaps a friend or a relative or you know someone they already knew um they might be a little bit more reserved so I was just blown away by this and this is with a, in a room of um mostly Japanese women and as if you've lived in Japan you'll know that it's hard to get Japanese people to open up sometimes and I was amazed at this so um and I can only imagine if it was a room full of international people how that would go right so yeah, let them tell you what you want, but also give them a chance to talk. Yeah. Um, so what, by the, what I mean is, um, let when you get the people in the room, make sure you ask them why they're there and what they've come for, because you might not know exactly what that is. And so, if you know why they're there, you can tailor your content. And you can, you know, switch up a few things if you need to, to make sure that those people are going to walk away with what they came for. And it might not be quite what you thought it would be. Um, But the more you do these events, the more you will know kind of the things that people are coming for. And you'll start to see the patterns and you'll start to be able to um, cater to them better. But yeah, I always spend some time just sort of um, listening to people and saying, oh, well, why are you here today? Because I want to make sure that they leave feeling like they got what they wanted out of the event. So let so that's number two, let your audience tell you what they want. And don't be like, oh, well, maybe I don't know what that is or how to do that. Maybe you don't. Don't fudge that. Just say, hmm, maybe someone else in this room can help with that. And be a facilitator for the whole, the knowledge in the room. So you may know 
more about the people in the room than they know about each other. So you might be able to say, well, I'm not an expert on that per se, but I know so-and-so over here is. So let's ask her about it and give that person a chance to be in the spotlight, but also um, a chance to shine and show their knowledge. And that doesn't detract from you as the host of the event. I think it only um, it only increases, well, I'm not, you know, what's the opposite of detracts? <laughs> I can't even think of that word right now. Um, yeah, so it, it just improves the event, yeah? It's to draw on the knowledge in the room as well because you have a wealth of knowledge in the people in front of you. So don't feel like you can't, you know, throw it out to the audience to to help, yeah? Let them be part of the event. Okay, so let's take a short break and when we come back, I will go with three, four, and five. So here we go. Okay, and we're back and we're talking about live events. We're talking about how we can um, create amazing ones more often and also how we can leverage like um, – Number three, we just talked about leveraging, uh, sorry, number um, two, talking about leveraging the knowledge in the room and making sure that we are tailoring our event to people who are there rather than what we think people need um, or what we're currently personally obsessed with at the moment, yeah, um, which is always something that I battle with. Oh, I'd love to tell people more about this because I'm really fascinated about it, but they might not be there yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, where you are in your journey, that's that's fine. You, everybody's on their own journey, and potentially your people are coming to your event to learn from you, but they may not be quite there yet. You know, like quite at the level of things you want to to and to teach them and all that. So I really, really encourage you to let your audience tell you what they want, and that will give you more information as to where they are in their journey as well. Number three, so part about every event is I make sure to create time for feedback and to share it. So, like, you know how we um, often, you know, ask to fill out a, a confidential, um, and I can only think of the Japanese word right now, anketo, what's that word? <laughs> you know, um, you know, you fill out this form and you hand it in and nobody sees it and you never hear anything again about it. So um, I'm not really keen on that kind of feedback. I don't think it's that useful. Um, but what I do love to do is what I, and this is what I do at every event, is I hand out these little post-it or post-it notes and I give them some topics. I'm like, okay, I'd love you to write, you know, what you really enjoyed today or what you learned today. What's one thing you're taking home with you today from this event? Um and I also ask them, you know, if you were going to come again, what would you like to happen next time? Or um, what could we have done better? And that can be anything from like it wasn't enough hot water for cups of tea or whatever, you know. So you get all of this amazing feedback. And then I ask them to um, just put them up on different places around the room for the different topics. And then everybody else can go and read them as well. And I think that's really um, it's really good to be honest and open about it. Like people don't have to put their names on it um, if they don't want to. Some people do. Um, 
but everyone else can read and see, oh, yeah, that was really awesome. I'd forgotten, I've already forgotten about that thing I just heard several hours ago. Um, I'm going to remember that as well. Or, um, you know, just seeing that everybody has different opinions about the same event. So even if you came away thinking the lunch wasn't that great, everybody else was raving about it, that gives you an idea that, okay, there are other people and they have other opinions about things. And maybe uh, I'm the only one who didn't enjoy the lunch or whatever it is. So maybe they won't go and tell people they didn't enjoy the lunch, but whatever, it's it's just more open. And I feel um, that it creates more of a bond around the group that we can share the information together. And another thing I like to do is, is to not read the feedback at the event. I just collect up all the post-it notes and then later, uh, like maybe even the next day after I've decompressed a little bit, I take some time to read each um, post-it note and to to digest what they've said and to enjoy what they've said as well because, um, you know, there's always a lot of good feedback that I want to read and if I read it when I'm sort of still trying to come down off the high of my event I I can't really process it so that's what I do with that Um, so yeah number three was get feedback and share it number four so these are people who've taken time out of their day and out of their you know daily life they've maybe had to get a babysitter they might have had to take a day off work so they've come, they've taken their time, they've spent money to come to your event. So I always try to spoil the people who come to my event in some way. Because I know that, um, especially women, you, they, it can be difficult to spend money on yourself and particularly to invest in yourself, yeah? So I want to reward their loyalty for coming and especially if they, you know, come more than once and I acknowledge that loyalty as well. Um, I always make a point of pointing out, um, you know, and saying thank you to the people who have come, you know, repeatedly. Some of them have come every single time. And to me, that is just amazing that they're so loyal to my events. And they always tell me they get a lot out of it. Um, I spoil them. Like I said, I buy the best bentos I can afford. Or even if I can't afford the best bentos, I just buy them anyway. Um you know, I give them gifts that they're not expecting. We have lots of fun things that happen throughout the day that are unplanned and not on the schedule and they don't know about, and they get such a kick out of them. At the last event, um, I decided to do something a little bit different. Usually we have like a um, a lucky dip sort of thing where I, I pull out people's names and they just get these random gifts that I've found that I've found that I love. And this time what I decided to do was um, to give everybody um, a special keychain. Now, I got one of these from Erin, who is from Off on a Whim. She was in one of the episode, earlier episodes. I can't remember which one uh, off the top of my head, but um, it has, like, she gave, she sent me uh, one of these things after the episode as a little surprise with my word of the year on it, which for 2019 is Sparkle. And it has a little power stone on it. And I thought, oh, these would be fabulous for the people who are coming to my event. So I asked Erin to make enough for everyone coming to the event. And it was kind of short notice, but she managed it. Thank you so much, Erin. Um, and with 
different power stones, like all these different power stones. And so the idea was that people would sort of put their hand in them to pick one out and they would unwrap it and they would get the perfect keychain for them. So it had the perfect power stone on it that they needed and the perfect or the perfect message they needed to get from that power stone. So um, there was like self-confidence and what was the other ones that I chose? Um, love for self and love for others, kindness and um, what was it? Good luck, you know, like success, that sort of thing. And it was amazing to see the reactions on their faces when they were opening up uh, their, their keychains. They were like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. You know, it was cut. It was very much like that. And there was a whole room full of people wigging out about that. That was so cool. So um, that was a really fun thing that we did this time. And um, so, yeah, spoiling them, surprises. Just, you know, things that they wouldn't normally do for themselves, like buying a really, really, really nice bento. Like we had sushi last time. Um, you know, those sorts of things, they really, um, the people who come really appreciate it. So, yeah, do spoil them, acknowledge them. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely an important part of it. All right, number five, last one on the list is don't make it about you but about them. So we're kind of alluded to this in number two with let your audience tell you what they want. But this was the mistake I made the first time round again was that I thought it had to be all about me, 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 me. And I had to stand up in the front and talk all day long about myself when that is not what people are there for. They are there for, not for you, they are there for themselves, yeah? They are there for some reason, and they are there for themselves, and so make it about them. So, yeah, get them get them to share their um, perspectives or their experiences, um, open up the floor to them, ask if anyone would like to share or have something that they have knowledge about that they would like to share about a certain topic you'd be like at the start it might be all crickets and that's that's just normal so um but towards the end like you will struggle to get people to not to 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 stop talking yeah <laughs> once people get warmed up and get in the mood it's it's amazing everybody wants to talk so giving people a chance to talk to each other was really really important and then after they've spoken to each other give them a chance to share to the larger group about what they talked about within their partner, with their partner. So, um, you know, talking like straight away in front of a large group might be quite intimidating for most people. So what I often do is, is just get people to talk to the person next to them about a certain thing. And then after they've had a really good chance to get that all out of their system and everybody's really warmed up, then I'll get them to say, well, like, is there a pair that like to share what they discussed with the group? Because other people are really interested to know what other pairs were talking about. Like they are so keen to know. So make sure you give them a chance to share what they've just discussed in their, in their peers. And um, you'll be amazed because people really, really do want the chance to talk. So give your people the chance to talk to each other, a chance to talk to you, all of that, because that's what they're there for. They're not there to just listen all day long and then go home with a list of 10 things that they need to change in their lives, okay? <laughs> all right, so that was my top five things. Number one, rinse and repeat. Number two, let your audience tell you what they want. Number three, get feedback and share it on the day if you can. Number four, spoil them reward them, acknowledge them. And number five, don't make it about you, but about them.
So, you know, maybe you're listening and thinking, well, of course, you know, what these are so obvious. They weren't obvious to me the first time around. They It's taken me several times to get this right that, um, you know, this is a better way to do it. So, you know, if this helps you on your learning curve with live events, then that's really awesome. I hope it does. So what's going to happen next? So um, actually in the event we were discussing, um, you know, how we can open a door by taking action. But sometimes when we do that, another door closes behind you. And that's okay too. And this is perhaps something that happened last weekend with this event. I've taken the action to open the door and move to a new country, which is moving to Sweden um, in a few weeks' time now. But it has meant that some doors are closing behind me, which I think this um, live event, which I've been doing in Yamoto is one, uh, you know, maybe I'll do it again in the future, but I just, right now I can't see how that's going to happen. So um, it kind of felt like a closing of a door <laughs> last weekend. Um, but in that respect, um, when I met, I said to them, well, you know, what if we did something similar and, but you just came to Sweden and it was inspire you in Sweden and they were like, hell yes. And that to them seemed even more exciting. And so who knows what will happen. Um, maybe another door has opened and I'll be doing events in Sweden this time next year. Not sure. Right. You just don't know, but, um, I'm open to the idea. And once I get settled there and I know the the story and what's happening, then I might be um, doing some live events in Sweden. So if that sounds like you, then definitely keep listening to the podcast for updates on what's happening as we um, move over there. And at recording today at the end of October, I've got less than two weeks. I've got, yeah, a week and a half until we go, uh, until we uh, move out of our home and start to leave so it's very short time timetable but it's happening and things are in place we've got tickets the kids have got a place in international school we have a house to live in um it's all happening so it just i just have to short, sort out all the the junk in my house basically <laughs> tie up all the loose ends okay so finally today uh, I would love to share with you some of the feedback that I got from the live event. And if you couldn't make it and you sort of saw me advertising it and were thinking I'd love to come but I can't or whatever, then it's it's kind of a chance for you to um, hear about some of the learning that happened at the event and, you know, just sort of some of the things that people were taking away with them from the event that you can share too. So, um, yeah, we'll I'll come back in a moment with that feedback. So here we have some of the feedback from the live event, Inspire You, number four. So first of all, uh, somebody said, I had lots of things I was confused about, but now I figured out what it is that I actually want to do. So that's like amazing. <laughs> so I think um, that person must have had a great chance to talk to loads of other people while they were, well, not loads of other people, but talk through what they were confused about. Um, Somebody else said that they learned that assumptions are actually nothing. Yeah. So um, there's no point in making assumptions because, yeah, what do we know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I also struggle with 
avoiding making assumptions. So that's a good thing to learn as well. And another person said they really enjoyed the positive uh, talks they heard, but also they want to avoid playing small in the future. Also very good. Um, and somebody else said, even though, you know, the, there's bad things that happen, you can always look back and find something good about them later. So that is also true. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that, about um, how at the time when I was told that, you know, well, not I was told, but when we decided that we would move to Sweden, that I was actually um, quite sort of confused about it or frustrated with the situation until I looked back and saw all of the dots lining up um, to make it, it, of course, the thing that we, our family needs to do. Another person said they learned about um, how things always work out to be just right and and the timing is always just perfect for things that are meant to be, And but it's um, important not to let opportunities go by without grabbing hold of them. And the reason why we don't do that is generally we're just out of fear that, you know, oh, we're not good enough or we don't know how to do it or something like that. Um, but we can always learn as we go, which is inevitably how things go anyway. Um, and yeah, another person said that they learned how we can look at the same situation from different angles or different viewpoints and or different levels even and it becomes a completely different situation based on where you're looking at it from another person said uh, don't that they learned not to um sort of go through things by themselves to connect with other people not only can you help yourself but you can also help other people so that's really good because i know a lot of us tend to try and battle on alone and do it ourselves, do it all ourselves, don't want to bother anybody with our things, but actually it becomes a gift to the person that you are supposedly bothering as well. Uh, somebody else said, trust the process. Yes, um, it is a process and, you know, finding your best life is a process and you'll get there in the end. And... What else have we got here? Uh, someone um, actually received, so we had these beautiful keychains with different power stones on them for everybody. And this person chose a keychain that had uh, kindness on it. And even though she's fairly kind, she realized that actually she was not particularly kind to herself. And she um, that was sort of a, an awakening for her on that in that point, yeah. Somebody else said everybody has their own struggle and we must trust each other. Um, well, we mustn't uh, try to compare ourselves to others. And we're in the middle of the process and that's okay, definitely. We're all on our own journey. We're all at different points in our journey. And, yeah, how do we know what other people are actually going through from what we can see? It's not actually even just the tip of the iceberg, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so some doors open and some doors close. That's how life is. And so sometimes we might really mourn the, the closing of a door, which is kind of what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is, you know, mourning this closing of a door, not permanently, but who knows what could happen in three years, right? So uh, for now, the door of living in Japan and moving to a different country 
which is opening a new door, but it's very uncertain and unfamiliar. So, yeah, I'm warning that closing of a door. Um, and lastly, someone said that recently they've had a lot of sort of bad relationships or bad things happening around them. Um, but then one day she was introduced to me and from then things have been looking up in all, all directions. So that's that was really nice to hear. But um, I think what she was uh, getting at there is that, you know, things can keep spiraling downwards if you're in a negative thought pattern, if that negative things are happening to you, things just keep going negative and, until something happens that's positive. And then suddenly things start going in the positive direction when you're focusing more on positive things, having positive interactions or, um, you know, meeting people who are, um, more positive or something, you know, having more sort of getting into that upward spiral again. So we can't, can find ourselves in a downward spiral or an upward spiral. And sometimes all it takes is to meet one person or hear one idea or something for that spiral to stop and for you to change direction. So that was some of the feedback from the event that I had. Um, I had loads of other ones as well, but those are the ones I thought that you guys would be the most interested to hear about. It gives you some idea of the things that we talked about, but also some of the things that people took away from our event. And yeah, I think it is definitely an event that will be remembered fondly. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to create something else in the future. I'm not sure what that's going to be right now. Um, in my brain, I have no bandwidth for such for thinking about things like that. But I think that just taking a break from that sort of stuff as well really helps. And one day I'll just wake up with the new idea, whatever it is. Yeah. And then we'll go with that. So that's all today from my um, <laughs> episode about five things that I've learned from doing live events. So if you're thinking about going to a live event, go and book that ticket now, get that babysitter, get that whatever it is you need, extra childcare you need to cover, whatever, you know, fill it, you know, just cover all of the excuses that you'll come up with and go do it. Yeah, get it out there and meet some people. Um, and get out of your daily life for a little bit and and who knows what will come of it. Yeah, some amazing things will come of it. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I will talk to you again next week. We may have an update from me being in Sweden. I'm not sure uh, when I will record the next episode, but um, I'll keep you up to date with how things are going. Okay, <laughs> have a good week. Bye-bye.